Hello, and welcome to the Power Your Advice podcast. The Power Your Advice podcast is designed to bring financial advisor new ideas, why those ideas should be considered, and how to implement them into your businesses. This podcast is brought to you by Advisorpedia, the best place for advisors to grow and their minds and businesses. This is your host, Doug Heikinen. In my opinion, financial services always seems to be a little behind the rest of the world in adopting new technologies. And when we see something that is as innovative as trade ideas, we want to learn more. Trade Ideas is an award-winning AI and machine learning fintech firm. Our guest today is David Affariot, who's a managing partner there. Welcome, David. Hey, Doug. Uh, good afternoon, and thank you for having me on uh, your program. It's a pleasure to be here. Trade Ideas gives technology generally reserved for hedge funds to the individual retail investor and financial advisor. That big statement is front and center on your site. Tell us what it means. Our mission for over 18 years now, we are an 18-year overnight success, and it's gone through its ups and downs. But our mission from the very beginning has always been the same, and that is to provide the technology to enable our customers and subscribers to make better decisions in the U.S. equity markets. That's it. We've always brought innovation and, and this technology with a sense of leveling the playing field for people who otherwise would never have had access to this. In fact, just the opposite to more traditionally, the institutions of Wall Street and those with the appropriate capital that could create and or come close to the kind of technology that we provide. You know, have a couple of forces that have come together. One, just the natural evolution of computation and uh, processing abilities and the capacity of databases and in-stored memory and machine learning algorithm and AI to arrive at a sense, uh, to arrive at where we are today, which is at a relatively low cost, generate the computational power and the effort to sustain that and deliver it to, you know, to, to people who, uh, who otherwise never would have you know, been able to access this kind of information in the past. You say you're making AI accessible to professional traders. How exactly are you doing that? How does this thing work? Yeah, you know, and it's we've got to be very careful, I mean, or not, because the terms of AI and machine learning are being thrown around so egregiously, so it's not to, they start to lose their meaning. Yeah. It, it just means that, sure, you can, you can, the word salad that can come out of certain places uh, washes over you and you think, okay, that's great. But like anything in life, you're going to need to scratch the surface and do a little due diligence on who's doing what and, and, and how, how is it doing for, how is it doing to understand a little bit more about what is AI? What do people mean when they, when they, when they say AI and what kind of machine learning is going on? Uh, but to your question, how we make it accessible, the big terms before machine learning AI, if everyone recalls, were words like big data. And in fact, you, AI requires such an enormous amount of data to look at patterns and define and test scenarios that you, you, you see it plugged in where there's you know, an immeasurable amount of data to be, to be analyzed, whether that's credit card statements or whether that's stock prices. You, know, you, you have that enormous pipeline of, of, of data. You have to have as a core competency to intake all of that information, a, a strong competency in how to manage big data, how to set up arrays of servers in order to 
compartmentalize, break down the task, and then reassemble it up into new derived data, some new derived information. Essentially, to make it simple, you are taking a lot of information, you are normalizing it and standardizing it and running tests on it and analyzing it statistically, and then pumping out of the other end new information derived from that. We have built the systems over the course of 18 years to do that. And it's it's it hasn't it hasn't been in a in a bunker uh, developed underground or 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 away from anyone. Those customers who have been with us for so long have seen the progression of this technology. And so I'll, I'll just give you a quick example. We started as a simple, very simple scanning tool. Enter in some parameters, choose a few indicators, and and watch us produce a list of everything that matched your criteria. Well, that was great for a couple of years back in 2003. And then we built on top of that a back-testing capacity. Now, normal back-tests will take one stock, one indicator, go back 10 years or a lifetime, if you will, and show you all the times that this indicator would have been the right time to buy this particular you know, instrument over time. Well, that's great, but that's not the way we approach that task. Instead of having to know the stock a priori, we wanted our customers to simply say, I don't know what the stock is beforehand. I just know that this is the pattern I want to see. Go and find me the stock that met this pattern and then test whether this would have been a good a good pattern to make decisions on. And so that event-based, that's what we call event-based backtesting, it was one of the first seeds that led to the machine learning AI that we have now. That is, That ability to take an event or any event and then find the stocks in the past that would have met the criteria and then roll forward to determine would you have had an edge if you had marched forward with this idea was the was the basis of our innovation for the next three, five, almost six years. What it eventually came down to was a customer experience that kind of rocked us out of a, a bad place we were in with our technology, and that is the menus in order to produce a back test result that was favorable were so many, it was like the carrot and the stick. And we gave our customers nothing but sticks and hid the carrot, meaning you had to go through these screens to develop your own, you know, your own scan and then run the back test and determine if the parameters you set were going to be good, pull the lever and crank out the results manually. And then it would have been, congratulations, you have a terrible idea on your hands. You should avoid going into the market at all costs. And that's not what we're about either. Eventually, we had to come up with, okay, look, our customers are not doing a good job with this technology. How would we show the best version of it ourselves and then give that as a, as a, as a crutch or as a prompt to our customers? And that turned out to be the design flaw there was that there was no scale in it. We were doing all the work suddenly of creating this, and we thought, how can we at scale create a system that does the work and finding what's the best combination of alerts for idea generation and risk management, the parameters for setting the trades that would yield the best profitability over and over again. From that exercise was really birthed this idea that we need to be running these simulations, we need to be running the scenarios, and we need to be teaching the system to, to look at everything that's been created in terms of the idea generation and the risk management, change those parameters ever so slightly to see if there's a better result, and if so, keep them, or out of whole cloth, find some new indicators to add and see if that improves the result and continue then to search and find and run these optimizations. Done overnight, and in, you know, that may be the long explanation, but that is the essence of our machine learning AI. It is the optimization of over 70 now algorithms that we have defined for the AI and that it then 
optimizes and runs scenarios in order to get to the next day, the before they open, with a list of not 70, but down to whittled down to about six or seven algorithms that it, from which it's going to look at the market activity. Whew. <laughs> That's a lot. So how do you nail it down and talk about the benefit of actively employing this technology to asset managers and stock traders? Kind of like, you know, what's, what's the benefit of all this? You know, I, I talked before about what our mission is to help people make better decisions. So the AI produces these results to help the layout, the, the, the guardrails for making a better decision. Here's an idea, and here's the entry where this idea becomes valid. Here's the exit, the stop loss, where this whole hypothesis fails, because if it reaches that, it's time to get out and live to see another day. And then here's the profit target where you can start making more decisions about maybe, hey, taking half the position, maybe adding to it, or maybe getting out and taking profits altogether over various time frames. As I said, helping making those decisions is what we do. Our special sauce maybe the AI, but the value proposition of what we're trying to do is to find these opportunities where no one else is looking and before and before anyone else can see them and serve them to our, you know, to our clients. If you look at the market like the depth of a sea, at these different layers, at these different depths of the ocean, you can see all sorts of different activity. There's what happens at the top, which are the major market indices and so forth, and that everyone sees and looks at. But just below that level and at depths below, you can see more interesting you know, activity where sector rotations are occurring and other news is happening in places where you just can't quite see it before it even hits the news. In the context of a registered investment advisor or even a professional trader, we find the, the most relatability and, and most of our uh, semi-professional, we call them individuals who use the tool, are often in this capacity where it's about communication and it's about uh, the proper allocation within a portfolio that may be invested in several buckets covering everything from real estate to, you know, to value and, and to international. When you finally get down to that pot of money, which is this is an amount to engage, you know, in the market and keep that excitement of as a proxy for decisions that are contained within this allocated set of money that the the that especially in a registered investment advisor context with a client, you know, that kind of back and forth for some clients is very engaging and keeps keeps things keeps things engaging and relevant for the for the client with the advisor and for the advisor to be able to reach and communicate with uh, the, that certain set of clients that are act, that like to be actively engaged. It's not to say I'm taking my whole 401k and going in and tell me what to do. It's more, look, we've covered everything that we need to cover for our, you know, for as a balanced approach. And with this pot of money, you know, let's engage in the market and learn a few things and see and talk about, you know, what needs to be talked about. So would you say that most people are trading in primary colors and this allows sophisticated traders to see so many more colors and opportunities. Yeah, exactly. I would call it more orchestration, Dolby stereo. I would, it's really the, almost also the equivalent of like, you know, otherwise you're watching like a football game without the commentary. I mean, it's sometimes it's nice to be in the stadium, but you miss a whole layer of, of nuance. I say this on the eve of baseball you know, season starting and my, you know, my wife has an uncanny ability to be sitting there and to say, seconds before the announcer about any player or any particular situation, you know, <laughs> there's a fly ball, he's going to go to third and boom, it, all this stuff happens. And so my point aside from praising my wife is the fact that uh, that extra layer of commentary is, 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 an, is the advantage. 
and we aim to provide that by adding this, this, these layers of colors, as you said, or orchestration. Take, for example, you know, here, here's one example just today. I mean, the, our AI system found IN, and INVO is in, Invo Bioscience. So it's a biotech firm. And when you catch something like this, at, at the entry price for this relatively low price stock was $6.31, and its last price now is at nine seventy five. Now, do we catch those all the time? No, but with more, you know, it's not a rare instance where we're just it, it. And so INVO came through a particular algorithm that we call breakout long. And offhand, I can't tell you exactly what the algorithm is looking for, but it's a long base strategy that is by its title here, looking for breakouts to the long, you know, for uh, on the long side and over a longer period of time. And so sure enough, the strategies and when an idea is published, it's not meant to say you're either in it or you missed it. It's the chance to be able to take the suggestion from the AI and then decide and apply. It has its risk management parameters that it has already devised. And then it matches or it doesn't match up with your risk management parameters, such that you can either say, hmm, this is an excellent trade to look at, but for the AI's activity, I would never have seen this stock. And now I can assess if this move is already the bulk of where it's going to go from $6 to $9 and it's over, then it's not for me. But if I can see in the pattern that, you know what, this is, you know, this is the start of something that I can see over a longer period, over a longer you know, monthly chart, I can see that it was back, in fact, at these levels previously. It fell and now it's coming back. Is this going to be a longer term play? Those decisions, that conversation becomes more interesting, but because it's because the AI has found you something that is that is interesting, and it gives you this ability to now decide. We have for our institutional customers who, who, who use the, uh, the product outside of our, and I'll say this, our large majority of customers are, are retail, at least retail as far as we know them to be. We don't ask for too much information as to who they are other than their email and filling out our, the exchange agreements. But to our professional uh, users of the, uh, of the technology, it's very much an input into like the decision committee, you know, in, in a portfolio fund or any in any kind of fund where Monday or Wednesdays you walk in with your with the ideas and the portfolio manager sits and listens to the analysts. And this in this instance, the AI is one of those kind of analysts who sit down and said, "Here's what it traded yesterday. Is all this computational effort that we do and what it and what it traded yesterday is there value in looking at it the next day? You bet there is." It's not just the intraday you have to be there when it happens. It is often the, the footprint or the canary in the coal mine that it's looking at to say, not just this stock, but now taking in context, what a lot of people do is look at the whole the list of stocks that were traded by the AI and then start to look at the metadata around that. What sectors were these ideas from? Were, you know, were, you know, over the last five days, you know, has 60 or 70% of these trades been in bioscience or biopharmaceutical preparation stocks? Or have they been in tech stocks? Or have they been in energy and or real estate stocks? You can start to see some patterns that the, you know, that the AI collectively across its algorithms, across the optimizations, is starting to look at and find advantage. And I'll, if I may, I will bring back one other baseball analogy. <laughs> I talked before about we feed the AI about 70 of these algorithms, and every day it whittles them down in the overnight process that we call a quantitative combine, very much like athletes who would go through a sports combine and, and be assessed and rated and tested by the coaches and, and staff you know, on a team before being selected. This AI does the same thing. It runs this combine and whittles down the list of 70 to about six or seven and 
And again, some names of these algorithms will appear for several days, and then they'll disappear. And then they'll come back or they won't. I've been around the business and in the industry long enough to know that there are some whole brokerages and whole advisories that have been built on just one algorithm. And they have, at times, for stretches of certain years, years ago, lived and died by that one algorithm as to where and how to direct people's you know, money in and around. When it failed, it failed spectacularly. I'm recalling one particular company in, in Europe that, uh, that, that had an ugly, ugly end to using an algorithm, just one. To, and when it worked, it worked, and when it didn't, it failed. But the idea of running this combine is to let the AI determine where the decay is happening, where algorithms are moving away from the market, or rather where the market's moving away from them, right? Because the market's always evolving, and certain, certain algorithms will find their sunshine for a period of time and then decay away. And when that happens, you can't put that in the hands of a human to be able to find that nuances of when at the margin when the stock is, when this, excuse me, algorithm is no longer producing the results to let it cut, cut bait and, 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 and choose another. Much like a baseball coach is going to fill out a, a lineup card, there's determinations to, to, term, you know, to see, okay, who of my players are on a hot streak? Who of my players are, are healthy and non, non-injured? Who of my players actually line up well against the opposing you know, team's defense and the pitcher? So if those considerations go in, you have a lineup card that's done, and the team plays ball, is, is a similar analogy as to what the AI is doing with its uh, selection each overnight of the algorithms through which it's going to see the market. And that protects itself and our customers from mayhem that can happen at any moment, like in a black swan day. Take, for instance, like, you know, when Brexit was announced or a presidential election or, God forbid, bom- the bombing of some country uh, that can create these kinds of shockwaves. The, the AI is trained, if I may step back one more time, and, and the premise of what we're trying to do, how we deliver this technology, make it accessible to our clients and subscribers, it, it, it is what is the AI trying to do? And it's actually a source of great optimism that I have about being able to talk about the performance of the AI and to be able to relate to, to people how, uh, how it works. In any trading or investment environment, there's only four outcomes that you can possibly have. There's only four things that can happen. You'll either have a, a small loss, a big loss, a small win, or a large win. And all the AI is trying to do is land in three of those four outcomes. We'll take a small loss any day. That's a learning learning event. We'll take a small win for sure, and we'll always take the big win. All we are trying to avoid is the large loss. And three out of four outcomes, that's great. Those are great odds. So if we're landing our clients into three of those four outcomes with every decision, that's the reason why we the reason why we're growing so much and the reason why we have, you know, the number of, of subscribers and clients that we, <laughs> that we do is, is simply that. You say that most of your clients are retail or you think they are. Why aren't more advisors adopting this? Is it just awareness, something that they don't know about or, or what do you think? Well, for many years, we spun our wheels trying to ask that very question. And what I think it comes down to is that there are some advisors who – advisors come in all different flavors. And oh, yeah. some of them are, are motivated, and some of them have the resources behind them to have different motivations. Some of them, for instance, have the capital, research, and structure of large, large firms where that frees them 
to give them the ability to say, look, all the engagement in terms of research and where and how this money is performing is outsourced to the resources of the firm that they represent. So like Charles Schwab, or you can have all sorts of, there's no limit to the data that you can access to see how well you're doing or how badly you're doing. There's no shortage of ways that they can move, you know, put you into certain things. And so an advisor just kind of comes down in that context to just finding the next client and, you know, dealing with more relationship. And then there are other advisors who are much more hands-on, and, and those are the ones that we find sooner than, 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 than the others. These advisors often have a, often take a more active role in directly engaging the market on behalf of their clients. So an example is you'll have an advisor with a master account and then a list of sub-accounts, and these sub-accounts are each client's a portion of their, of their portfolio that under the master account, uh, master account is traded in, or engages in the market and then allocates those trades across to the, to the sub-accounts. And that's where the advisor is really engaging directly in the market. And that's where we find our tools you know, leverage the most uh, for those individuals because we're providing an enormous amount of capacity and resource to, to land them in and, and help them, enable them to make better decisions. Then some committee from some fund who frankly has covenants and restrictions that prevent them from seeing parts of the market that we're able to see in. And that, again, is another distinction that's important to, to, to relate. You, you have funds that just can't go below the, the S&P after 200 or 250 or even 500. There are more stocks on, in the market that, uh, than just the S&P 500 uh, or the S&P 200. It's in that context that we're not trading, we're not pointing at penny stocks, you know, or, or over the counter, but there's between those and the S&P 500, there's a whole, you know, healthy, you know, depth of ocean that, that we help navigate that there are some funds can't, can't necessarily for, for multiple reasons. Those covenants are in place because they do not want to have overt market impact with money that they have to move in and, and move out into a position. And it's for their own, you know, for at least larger funds as risk profiles just prevent those kinds of behaviors. But that's why, again, I say that advisors that are more directly engaged in the markets use this tool and leverage what we're doing for them. So is this a future is now technology? You better start testing it, thinking about it, or you're going to be left behind the, the trend? Well, yeah, I, we had one of our advisors tell us that what you're doing is table stakes. Congratulations, you've got a great looking product here and it works and nice little pony, you know, as you often said. But that's the table stakes to, to, to be in the market these days. You might win if you have it. You're definitely going to lose if you don't have it. So I'm like, okay. So now we need to find, and we do, we have a wonderful pipeline of, of products that, that we invest in quite heavily back into the firm to help bring to the light of day are these the, the directions of where the, 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 this technology is going to take us. Is there a way for advisors to harness the power of trade ideas to directly impact the ability to generate performance and garner increased AUM? Yes. Yeah. So I, a day in the life kind of routine for a, an advisor with this technology is twofold. We were actually launching a product that matches this kind of day in the life or, or journey, advisor journey. When I when I describe the following, we've seen there's a an advisor as part of the staff. There's an office manager, and there can be sometimes a young, more technology savvy analyst, if you will, who who sits in front of you know trade ideas and basically kind of says, here's something that's that's you know that's just come through, or here's yesterday's results that we want to flag, and it creates 
a small write-up that says, our, our, our research found this stock from yesterday. So tomorrow it might be our research found INVO. Here's the reasons why the stock is, you know, is interesting to look at. It's crossed over. It's 200-day moving average. It's broken out, or it's it's now filling a previous gap from several months ago, and it stands in relation to not just the technicals, but fundamentally the impact of the vaccines and, and the pandemic has brought more attention to this, et cetera, et cetera. But you have a nice little narrative that you can find within trade ideas, both on the technicals as to why it's doing what it's doing. And even, you know, we have a whole subsection that you can, when you, once you find the idea, we have, you know, all, all the additional research on news that you can look at, position of the insiders uh, that are in the company that are, you know, uh, trading the stock, what positions are, there ta- are they taking? And then you can see even additional stocks within the sector that are also moving like this uh, INVO or outside of the sector, but they have the same technical movement that are also crossing over their 200-day moving average or are also doing the same things, even if they're not in this particular industry. And all of that can be used to create quite a narrative to do what? To engage with a client and not just all their clients, because this tool isn't for everybody and this tool isn't for every advisor. But for those advisors who engage directly and want to grow AUM and, ha- and, and on that basis like to engage with their potential clients or existing clients, then who like also to be engaged in the market, you've got a storyteller here that is not only finding the ideas, but is acting like your co-pilot, you know, giving you guardrails for the decision-making process of about you know, when this trade is live, when, it should, when the thesis fails, and where a profit target for the first iteration of assessments you know, can be had. It sounds like the tool is constantly evolving. Where do you see trade ideas in the next five years? We, you know, our, our technology is pointing into ever in two ways, and I didn't actually mention this with the, you know, so as I mentioned, we're coming out with, we're coming out with a newsletter that does more of these kinds of narratives, uh, narrative articles that we're talking about. And those products are geared away from the GUI interface of our technology, which the platform, and this is part of the direction of where we're going. And we'll, we'll be having more informational products. And, and on a newsletter basis, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll, we will have, we're, we're about to publish what we call a trade ideas uh, relative strength index where we have an index of five stocks that are performing in, you know, the, the, in a, from an algorithm in a particular way. Every week or so or every month, um, depending on what you want to choose and the length of time that you want to be made aware of, you, you'll know that you, we'll, we will publish where certain stocks cycle out of that index and where other stocks cycle back in and have that as a, uh, as a newspaper or as a newsletter, rather, uh, in a newsletter form that Advisors can, you know, can then take and say, look, for all the power of trade ideas, I just want to be able to focus it down to some consistent ideas. And it's a layer, you know, it's, a, it's an extra, I should say, uh, it's an option for what kind of engagement people want to have with trade ideas. We recognize that the platform we have and the technology is visual, but it's very, it's just tons of information on it. It's like a dashboard of, you know, of, of flying an airplane. And if you don't want that much instrument, you know, instrumentation, then you can, you know, let the co-pilot fly it, or you can use this kind of uh, synopsis newsletter pro- product that we're that we are launching soon. That uh, that's a simple index that allows you to kind of consume the data in a much more uh, way that doesn't cause so much, indi- you know, indigestion from eating so much. And if people are interested right now, where can they find you guys? Sure. So that's trade-ideas.com. From there, you can you can see we have a whole list of resources, both educational 
and informative in the sense of educational, our YouTube videos, our webinars that we have uh, several times. We have over uh, 12 hours of programming each week uh, where uh, we're talking about the markets and the functionality of our tools and examples that come through. If you didn't want to you know, if you wanted to do the first toe-in-the-water experience with Trade Ideas, you, if you come to trade-ideas.com, you can sign up for what, what is our Trade of the Week. It's a free email that we send out on Monday mornings with a description that I just described, like the, the one we're coming out with with our relative index. It's a one-stock idea with a narrative of here's the entry price where the stock, uh, where the trade is live. Here's the exit price where the whole thesis fails, and here's our profit target uh, to keep in mind so that you have the guardrails of making a fully informed decision around one idea that's um, selected. It's actually it's sourced from the AI, uh, produces a list, and then we have our data scientists and market, market guys make the final decision as to what the trade of the week is going to be so that we don't repeat too many times in one sector. And so we take into other considerations. We choose one, and, and, and off it goes. That's great. David, that was super interesting. We really appreciated you joining us today. Thank you very much. My pleasure. Thank you. For everybody at Advisorpedia, our producer, Jakey Beard, and the Power Your Advice podcast team, please follow us for our latest updates on Twitter, LinkedIn, and Facebook at Advisorpedia. This is Doug Heikinen.